Check one, two, three, four, five. Check. Check one. Welcome to One Topic, where we stick to one topic. My name is Autumn Fisher. My name is Greg Russ. Hello. Hi, Autumn. How are you? I'm doing fine. This is where I tell you that it is your week to pick a topic, so why don't you introduce everyone listening to the topic you have in mind. Okay, I will. I want to talk about changes. Oh, you you were going to say change. change. <laughs> but then you thought people would talk about change. Yeah, I, I'm not talking about nickels and dimes. You get it? Yeah, if you had said change. Yeah. Because I knew what the topic was, but if you had said change... I was going to say, okay, we can insert the bad joke now about quarters and dimes. Okay. Yeah, I wonder if we title it change, if people will think, because, I mean, it wouldn't be crazy for us to do an episode on actual change. Maybe we should call it changes. I'm thinking. I'm not leaving you hanging. Mm -hmm. I'm thinking. I don't know. The socks episode shook my confidence. Because one person said it wasn't that good. One person that I cared about. One person that I care about said, yeah. Just wasn't really into it. We, I, I like the episodes where you two go deeper and get vulnerable and raw and real. And I said, okay, but you can't do that all, all the time. You can't do that. Right. But I mean, that is a, you know, a motivation for today's topic is to get a little deeper. And when you were talking about today's topic, you said, you know what? I don't want to do a little lighthearted fair. I want to go deep. Yeah, I do. So that's what we're going to do. Yeah. Are you ready? Change. Change. Well, what did you say? Changes. Changes. Mm-hmm. Changing. Life changing. Changing. Living a life that stays stagnant is no good. Yes. Or maybe it is good. It feels comfortable. I don't know what uh, angle you're coming from yet. Right. Um, I am coming from the angle of sometimes the way that things are going feels very comfortable and you can see the path ahead of you. And because you're so comfortable, you kind of start to not worry about whether you even want to be on the path or not. But the comforting part is that you know where you're going. But actually what's important is to make the change to a different path that maybe is scary because you don't know where it goes. You don't know. It doesn't feel as safe, but it might actually be better for you because maybe this is it's a different path that you want to be on. And I think it's important to remember that. And it's hard to remember that as you get older because I feel like, I don't know, as you get older, it feels like safety sort of and comfort becomes more of a priority than when you're younger. Well, I feel like you've taken risks up to a certain point in your life. Uh, maybe it's not always risks, but you've you know made choices that maybe the outcome isn't the potential is not there for it to be the worst outcome, but it's still going to inflict some change in your life. And you think that you have the flexibility when you're younger to achieve such a thing. Maybe there aren't as many people counting on you. One of the Mm. biggest things, I think the reason I was able to survive in New York, because there were times I had to live off of $75 a week of disposable income. And I could, I was like, who cares? Right. That's not a big deal. And that's that like, it's not like you have purchased groceries and now you have $75 for the week. It's like, I got nothing. Yeah, that was that's 
So because it was me, if I made a decision in my life that would change the way I was living, a job, a financial situation, whatever it was, it was okay, fine, I can take that risk. And as you get older, maybe you don't want to deal with such things and you want to be a little more steady mm -hmm. because mm -hmm. there are people who are counting on you. But you know the thing that comes along with that, if you're not doing something that you want to do, ultimately you're going to be dissatisfied. <gasps> Alexa, <What's> stop. <laughs> oh my God. <laughs> Sorry, that was my... Alarm busting in. No, that's fine. Sorry. I'm just Alexa. I said, oh my God, not because there was an alarm, because there's Alexa. There's yeah. Still, I do not. These things are creepy. I don't think so. They're creepy. I don't really care if she's listening. She's not listening because it's not a she. It's just a- I don't care if there's someone behind the, the, the speaker listening. I don't care. What do they hear me doing? It's like the people at the millimeter wave machines at the airport. Mm -hmm. There's there's pervs back there, and they look at the naked pictures of and the I ladies. Don't look at look at them all you want. Look at that weird, you know, disembodied boob. You don't even really see anything good. Leave something to them. There's enough there where you can get excited visually, and then it leaves enough for the imagine imagination that I don't you can care. I mean, but what do I really care? Some ape back there. <laughs> ape. That's what, look at these. Okay. Know. Anyway, change. <laughs> Sorry, when you're. <laughs> When you're a dude and you're just looking at a picture of, like you said, someone when you're like, ooh, 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 ooh. an ape, yeah. mm -hmm. an ape working at the airport, collecting a paycheck. Distracted by the boobs and didn't notice the bomb in your butt. <laughs> That's the way to do it. She got a bomb ass butt. So, yes, we can get back to what you were saying uh, with change. <laughs> now, the reason you bring this up, I didn't, I don't know how. I, whatever you speak whatever level you're comfortable okay with. i think you want to say why why is this on my mind mm -hmm. and you know it's because there have been a lot of changes recently for me and i'm not going to get too specific although i will you know i'll talk about how i feel about everything and people can make draw their own conclusions or whatever but <laughs> i mean i do want to be really honest on the show um but it doesn't just involve me. Like if it were just me, I would have no problem talking about what's going on. But um, yeah, because it involves other people, I don't know if it's totally right to say, to just like, I don't know, tell every single thing that's happening. But- Okay, that's fair. Yeah. Like you don't have to over explain things. People should, if you say, I don't want to talk about it in too much depth. Mm -hmm. like so, well, not depth. Then, fine. Depth is fine, but just not specifics. like- Specifics. Just not, yeah, too specific. And that should be enough. Yes. No one should question you. It's like a person who says, I would not like to drink tonight. Yeah. The other person should say, okay, fine. Not, what the fuck? Yeah, like, why? Pussy. Yeah. <laughs> he doesn't want to drink tonight. Ooh, don't even going to drink. Yeah. So that. <laughs> but no, I don't mind getting in depth. Um, I feel like, okay, so I'm 37. <laughs> <laughs> My God, what happened to the time? We're turning 38 this year. And, you know, old, there's a lot of things that you middle aged. <laughs> I mean, there's a lot of things that you like how I opened the show. There's a path in front of me. I was on the path and I felt like at some point I woke up and realized that maybe this isn't the path that I wanted. I, th I thought that I wanted the path because... It felt like the thing to do. It felt like the right thing to do. As you get older, you get, you know, you get responsibilities. And then those responsibilities kind of produce 
things that you have to do, you know, or that, that you feel pressured to do. Like you get married and there is some pressure to like buy a house, right? Even though it may not make sense for you. A lot of your friends are doing it. There's this sort of false notion of homeownership in America. And just like what you talk about, like um, with cars, driving cars, and how it's like the open road. And it's supposed to be this sort of Americana thing to be driving when it's like, whatever. It is Why presented is it? to you as yeah. the American dream. There's a very specific, you lay it out. This is what the signifiers of success are. Right. If you've got these things, you're fine. And yeah. then even if you do get those things and you're not fine, then because you're told your whole life that you should be fine because you have these things, you think there's something wrong with you. Exactly. The whole system is shit. Yeah. For some people, that's what they want and that's okay. If you have that, Totally. If, if you yeah. want to follow the path that is laid out as the traditional path and you find your fulfillment in that, fine. So yeah. be it. But it, it is nothing. There's nothing wrong with a person if they don't follow that. I said this about New York. You go there, single and you're 50, and no one gives a shit. No one looks at you like you're broken. Whereas, because you're single and 50? Yeah, there's certain communities, and the, that's the guy who never got married. What's wrong with him? Mm-hmm. Mm, nothing. Or right. maybe something. You know, I could say that, speaking for myself, at this age, to never even been in a situation where I got close to being married, maybe there were things, I don't want to say wrong, but there were certainly things that are like, it's not right. There are things not right and they're not playing out the way that they need to play out in order for me to want to enter such a relationship. Mm -hmm. um, and then you work on those things if that's something that you want. If you wanted to get married, then okay. Then if you want a lasting relationship, it doesn't even necessarily need to be marriage. But all right, then there's certain things you need to work on. But the point is not wrong and there's not right. something wrong with that person. And I, think, and I think that a lot of people would say, well, I wouldn't judge that person for that. And I include myself in that idea. Like, well, I wouldn't judge the person. But if you're in a situation where you are in, I don't know, like a suburban setting and everyone there are, you know, homeowners, married, you know, 2.5 kids or whatever that average, that weird average where people have half a kid. Um, and then you have, you know, Bill down the street who's 50 and single even I would be like, why is he still single? What's up with him? Did he have like a wife that died and never could get over it? Is he gay? Like, is he closeted? Is he a pedo? You know, I, I don't know. You would just like when because I've said this before, you know, because we are herd animals, we want and just the way that our brains naturally work, we want to put things in categories and group things together. So we see this person doing something out of the norm that's that you're in and it does make you like a little distrustful of that person well you want to label them for whatever reason instead yeah, of just you can't say, they're outside of this um sort of norm quote unquote like circle that you've created they're outside of that and so you have to label it to understand it to like make you feel comfortable yes instead of accepting a person making a choice that they're in that position, maybe because they want to be there. Mm -hmm. You have to put a label on it. There's surely a reason for that. But I mean, I guess that's true. I mean, there is a reason, but, but the, it doesn't have to be wrong. Well, what's the reason to... you entered the kind of life you entered? Yeah. Uh, suddenly there doesn't need to be a reason because that's what you're supposed to do. Yeah. 
Um, and because we're talking about change, and I know we're going down this path that ties into change, mm-hmm. um, because I think you get to certain points in your life, we're talking about fitting in, at least at this level. It's like there's a certain way you're supposed to live or it's presented. This is what is expected. And changing that to make a decision that changes that projection of yourself to the world, that can be a scary thing. So a lot of yes. people will shy away from that. Change in general outside of that is people just like to be comfortable. You like It's like, all right, this is my life. I don't want too much rocking of the boat. Mm-hmm. I want to be able to go home and do the thing that I like to do and not be stressed. And quite often, change in general, change in general, can introduce stress. Yes. And look, even I, I get it. I, you know, I one of the biggest changes I made was moving to New York with no jobs. I'm going to make this work, and I did. But there was plenty of times it's like, all right, that was I made that giant change, and here I am, and I didn't want to make changes after that for a little bit. Yeah. It seemed like that was that was it. I did it. Right. And Are you saying like you needed to make change after that? And so it was I difficult you, to do because you had already made such a big change? I think you always need to make change just mm. because. Like if I have a 20. And you, do, <laughs> do you can't help yourself, can you? <laughs> Sorry. Sad trombone. Insert it. That's <laughs> the cheesy. You took us to the level of cheese. So, What's wrong with cheese? You threw me off my train of thought. I'm so sorry. It was you know, just a <laughs> pocket change joke. Uh, making a change is <laughs> hard to do. No, I was just saying that in general, I think that you need to continue to make changes in your life because you change as a person, whether you not yes. you like it. Yeah. Just as you grow and you experience more things and your views on the world change, whether or not you think that, that they're locked in. I guess it depends on the kind of life you live. If you're completely reclusive and you don't have too much outside input, maybe you're staying somewhat the same. But if you're engaged in any meaningful way in the world, it's going to change. You're going to change. So if you don't follow that, then you're going to be at odds with yourself. Right. And so it's going to, you're going to, okay, well, I believe this now, but I've been living this way, but I don't want to change the way I'm living. So then you just right. end up resenting yourself, other people, the world. Yeah, you sort of... There, something's got to give at some point, right? And maybe that's why, you know, people get weird as they get older. In what way? What do you mean? Because there's many ways to get weird. I don't really know. Maybe grouchier. Talking about the person who just, you never speak to and they're just looking out their window. You see them peering through some sheer curtains. You see their <laughs> silhouette. Yes. Like there's that weirdo who never comes out. And God <laughs> knows what's going on in well, that Well, that's house. an extreme but what I mean is, you know, people who before may have been a thinking, understanding, you know, open-minded person all of a sudden, or not all of a sudden, uh, uh, seems to eventually, you know, not trust the Mexicans moving into their neighborhood or something. You know what I mean? Like some weird way that's like it it manifests in some in some way because they refuse to allow the change to happen well that's a different type of change that's change that's being forced on a person talking about oh the mexicans are moving into my neighborhood which i guess there are people who say things like that neighborhoods change Mm -hmm. and they don't want their neighborhood to change and there's people who don't look like them moving in right and so what i'm saying is easy to say yeah put blame on other people and then demonize those people but what i'm saying is that person who complains about the mexicans moving in they themselves refuse to change. And so they don't want anything to change. It's like if I'm living as a true human who allows myself to change, who surrounds myself with people 
who understand that I am a changing human also and that maybe they are too or something. You've 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 set up your life in such a way that you can keep growing. Maybe you see Mexicans moving into the neighborhood and you think, oh, look at this, a lot of neighborhoods changing. Not like, what are they doing here? Like my neighborhood used to be like this and now it's, do you know what I mean? Like they're less accepting of change in, in the outside world. I know what you're, yeah, I know what you're saying. You're also crossing a line like in, away from change. There are many things that come into play of someone who looks at okay, people, okay. What, people who aren't like them moving into a neighborhood <laughs> and they have thoughts about it. There's reasons, probably more than change. There could be some underlying beliefs that. Okay, well then let's take it away from race and make it, you know, um, there's now there's a bunch of grocery stores and weird strip malls down this part of this road that didn't used to be there. And when I was here, you know, the roads used to be like this and blah, blah, blah. Instead of being like, well, yeah, the neighborhood's changing. Interesting. <laughs> because they allow themselves to change. And so they understand that the world also changes. Well, it's hard to grasp. Again, you know, a lot of my experience comes from living in New York and New York's always changing. Mm. The city I moved to that I liked other people hated because it had changed from when they moved there right. or when they you know, were kids there, if they were from New York. <clears throat> and, you know, it's at the point now where a lot of places I like to go to 12 years ago are gone. Mm. A lot of things have been knocked down and they've gone out of business. And there is parts. This stinks. This isn't what I liked about okay. this place when I moved here. And you're a growing, changing person. So maybe that doesn't work. Well, that's a that's a change that's outside of you. Look, you have to accept it. Yeah. You can't let it cause me to shut down and isolate you know it's it's easy to just hold yourself up and maybe people who do end up holding holding themselves up they don't like the change around them yeah and, and maybe these are just i'm thinking of extreme examples like smaller examples people who yeah don't even know what they're doing they're just doing it and they're not even connected to their own heads to know whether it's something that they really want to be doing or just using their brains. I mean, on it, I think about um, so when when um, my kids were going from just drinking, you know, milk or whatever to having solid food. I know that this it is just makes them like little kittens. Well, <laughs> you're moving from milk to the wet food. Yeah, to the wet food. <laughs> the idea is that you're supposed to feed them baby food. There's a huge industry of baby food. And now there's this huge industry of, um, you know, natural baby food and how it's like it only has this ingredients, organic, non-GMO, blah, 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 you know. And in reality, you can just give your kids food. It doesn't have to be baby food. You don't have to get that. Even if you make it yourself, you don't have to mush it up. They can do it. They can figure it out. They mush it up themselves. You start with things that are soft, like bananas and avocados and stuff, but they can do it themselves. The point is, is that... People feel like they have to do what is done. And to go outside of that is A, doesn't even occur to them because you're so on this path of what you're supposed to do in life. You know, what? Well, my kids are in diapers. I have to buy diapers. It's like, well, maybe you get cloth diapers. You know, like think outside of the box. Do do what's right for you. Maybe cloth diapers wouldn't work for you, but maybe they would work better for you. You know, I don't know, the baby food thing is the same thing. The way that people um, have babies is getting bigger, but it used to be that it was like just the hospital. If you do anything else, you're a weird hippie weirdo, you know, or even death. You're supposed to die one way. You're supposed to die in a hospital surrounded by doctors or 
you're supposed to get buried in a casket or be burned, whatever, like it is cre- cremated. Like there's no other anything. And so what I'm saying is, well, what about just having kids in general? Sure. Exactly. I'm, I'm married. You're supposed to have, when kids. are you having those kids? So, I mean, as far as it, it, it ties into change, are you talking about, so this is wide scale societal change. <laughs> I'm not saying you're trying to change what the path that's presented as acceptable or I'm starting the norm. as that as a base saying a lot of us some people just don't fit into that right and you don't maybe you don't even realize it and but then if you do realize it changing that is so a scary because like i said you don't know where that path goes you don't even know if it's going to be the right you're worried that if you get off that path that it's going to be a mistake and it's like well, i can't get back on it and uh it, it bothers other people that you're making such a change because what are you doing? Everyone's on this path. What are you doing off this path? This path is great. I love this path. Well, the whole concept of a path to me is ridiculous. You pick one path and like, this is the path I'm going to want to stay on the rest of my life. This is it. Mm-hmm. No, I think you just start down a path and then you make decisions as you travel that path. Yeah. But you have to be aware enough. You said earlier, people aren't even really thinking about these things. And that's the truth. I don't think, I think, you know, there's safety and familiarity. Yes. So that just by nature, it's like, right, I know what I'm getting to. Our main purpose is to survive and not die. And if you know what's around you and your surroundings, then you're not worried about such a thing. Right. So since that's built in, I don't think that people are necessarily spending too much time thinking about it. They're not self-aware enough. Maybe they just know, I don't like change. I don't want this to change. Mm-hmm. But the truth is, Whatever you set out, whatever path, it's not going – maybe it's the majority that's leading you where you want to go. Sure. But you need to be aware enough so you can make changes and adjust as you're going through life. And look, it's a hard thing. I, I surely never I, – I speak as though I chose a path that's different than the traditional path. But even that path I chose, at times I didn't make the decisions that I needed to make or the changes right. that I needed to make. I thought that it would just take care of itself. I was like, all right, now I've just chosen a different path. I've chosen a path that's different than the well-worn path. Mm-hmm. And there, therefore, I'm done. But no, that path in itself, you start down it. And there's times like, eh, this isn't working for me either. Yeah. Right now, it was. Maybe I should have taken a left back there. Yeah. Instead of saying, Man, that's a completely different path. And I'm already on this one. Right. And I don't want to deviate. Well, and I think a lot of people... Because of, you know, I don't know, maybe the way that they grew up, you know, a shitty path, at least it's their shitty path. You know, like if you're if you're miserable with something like you were saying that, you know, when you moved to New York, there were some changes that you maybe needed to be making, but it was hard for you to do because you felt like you had already made this big change. And maybe that that change was going to define you in some way. But even if it's a shitty path it feels good to you because at least it's yours and you feel comfortable in it and changing it would take a lot of work on yourself right like you would have to you would have to tear yourself apart a little bit to be able to make the change and that change is also really difficult to do like people who really do have some trauma you know, and continue in their life to keep continue to make the same mistakes because of that trauma. 
It's just what they know. It's just what they know. And then to change that would be would 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 be to tear down a lot of things that they've built that make them comfortable, you know, in therapy or something and reveal a lot of things that they don't want to think about. You know what I mean? Like, it's so hard to do that. So it's like, oh, I'll just stay in the shitty path because at least it's mine. Well, what's the comfort in that? You're not if you're living a life that's no good for you. It's unhealthy because of what you are exposed to growing up. And it's what you're used to. I think the scarier <laughs> thing is to be vulnerable and rip it down. Because again, we're talking about the reason people don't change. It's because mm-hmm. you just want to avoid the stress that comes along with it. So if you're living a life that's unhealthy, that's stressful, but it's familiar. But the real stress, you know that the other side of it is you really need to dig into some stuff and look at some things and face that some things. That make you uncomfortable. That maybe, yeah, you don't want to deal with. So that stress is just, that's a shitty situation to be in. It's like, which is the lesser of two evils right, right. now. And the other one's not evil. It's just harder. Right. It's and like, so they don't, so you don't do it because it's harder. Yeah. And you're, I'm staying away from that. So I'll just continue. And I, I mean, I, I didn't have that issue, but I definitely had the thing of like the other way seems so scary. The other side of what I wanted to change seemed so scary that I didn't want to do it because it was unknown. Well, I think ultimately what you need to come to terms with is what you want. You need to be honest with the things that you want in mm-hmm. your life and adjust accordingly. Right. And yes, that again leads to a path that is unknown, which by nature it's built in. So I don't want to do that. I don't, yeah. know, I don't know where that goes. Mm-hmm. And that frightens me. But just accepting that is a very difficult thing. It seems easy. And Do you I, mean like it's easily said? Well, it's easily said. It's like, just know yourself and know right. what you want. <laughs> yeah. I, it's like, some, but do I trust that I know myself? There are so many forces at play. Mm-hmm. There's so much being thrown at you and expectations of other people in life. So it, it, even saying the kind of person that you want to be, you're able to fool yourself. And like, this is the person that I am. I'm this person. Of course, I'm this person. Because you've set an ideal about the kind of person that you want to be. Yeah. Based based on, you know, even if it wasn't other people telling you what to do, they certainly had an influence. Society has an influence. And so then you say, well, I want to be a person who operates best in kind of that world. But maybe that's not really who you are. But it's right. hard to realize that the person that you think you are sometimes is not the person that you actually are. Do you feel like you had that? Because you have talked before about having or dealing with your idealized image. Yeah, I mean, I again, mine was more, I'm a person who doesn't need much. I'm not going to bother other people. I don't want to be a burden. I'm modest. I can live very minimally. All those things sound like positives, though. They are until they're implemented in extremes because then they're impossible to actually meet. Mm-hmm. Sometimes you do burden other people. Sometimes, you know, I don't want to be a burden on another person is your definition of a burden. So you don't lean on other people, ask other people for help Uh, when you need it or include other people, which isn't a burden. But in your mind, like that would be a burden. I don't want to do such a thing. Right. Um, You know, living modestly is I don't have any needs. Like I like living in a small space in New York. It does not bother me. And I don't think that humans need giant houses. It's just some status symbol that there's no reason for it. Now, you know, in New York, you live in unreasonably small places sometimes. <laughs> right. There are extremes in both ways. 
Yeah, and I think my apartment now is is I like it. I was living in a real, real small shithole with no natural light. There were windows, but it just didn't really come in. Low ceilings, but it was cheap rent. And I mean, that's an excuse that I hid behind. That's one. It's not a complete excuse. It's a reality. When you can live in lower Manhattan and Greenwich Village for $1,200 a month alone, that's a good price. And like, I can't give this up. Why would I give this up? But the truth is it also fit this idea of the life that really I don't think is healthy for anyone to be living seven years in a depressing place. Do you know how many square feet it was? I have no clue. 275? Wow. 300? Wow. Let's be generous and make it 300. Yeah, we can put it up at 300. Yeah. And How many? Seven? Seven years. Wow. How much was the rent? 1,200. Oh, 1,200. I said that, but you were glancing away. Sorry. I was (laughs) like, sorry, sorry, sorry. I don't know what you were thinking about. Yeah. (laughs) What what (laughs) distracted you? Nothing. I could tell. I just continued on because. Good. I'm glad. uh, But yeah, that fit this idea of the kind of person that I was. Right. And so modesty carried over into. I don't need anything. I don't have needs. But you did have needs. Yeah. Everyone's got needs. And it's okay. Did it bother you when you had needs? Or just, you would just dismiss them sort of? I know, I just don't even think I was aware of them. Okay. I mean, I, I, there was probably dismissal happening with mm-hmm. them. They would pop in. And, but I just, they weren't, it wasn't even conscious. It was just, nope. Right. I kind of feel the same way that I did the same thing. There were things that I needed But to me, they felt like wants and not needs. But turns out, I think they were needs. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Yeah. Everything specific. Um. You can say no. No, I can say I can say. Um, I wanted at the time. I wanted more social interaction. I need, but I I wanted to, um. Yeah, be more engaged in a world outside of my immediate house and neighborhood. You know, I want I I I wanted more social interaction. Um I found I think that at the time I felt like that was just something that I can't have right now. You know, I'm at this point in my life, I live in this specific place, you know, in the suburbs of Maryland. You know, I have two kids. I don't get that luxury. I'll have to wait for that until the kids are much older to be able to start living this life like that. Um, Turns out that that is not the case. That is not a want. For me personally, that is a need because what that did for me was, I don't know, it made me, it really took away a lot of my identity and um, my ability to be happy. <laughs> and all of these things kind of sound not very important. Your identity, your happiness, like get over it. And maybe that's the wrong way to think, but that kind of is my thinking. I Maybe a problem when people say get over it, those things. Having kids is a game changer. Mm-hmm. And, you know, you need to sacrifice quite a bit. Well, when they're little, I mean, my kids are still little. They're five and, you know, almost three, but they're totally, I'm totally able to, they're, they're, they're able to be away from me. You know, I'm not milk. I'm not giving them my milk as we discussed. They're on wet food now and (laughs) um, they can use the litter box by themselves. (laughs) 
<laughs> so they're fine. But uh, yeah, I think, you know, I wonder if it's like when they are babies, there is so much sacrificing that you really must do um, that you just continue that forever and you forget that, you know, you need for yourself to be good to yourself and give yourself what you need. Um, and they need that from you because I feel like I'm a way better mom since I've been listening to myself and giving myself what I need. Well, there's a devaluation of yourself that happens when you're not getting the things that you want and you think you can handle it and when you're dismissive of it. And and know, then when you can't handle it, it stuff you feel away. like something's wrong with you. It erodes away your soul, ultimately. I really things. do feel like it was. I was really losing track. And I'm not like going crazy or anything, but I really did feel like, oh, I really don't, I don't know who this person is anymore. Because I was being forced to sort of, not forced, but by my own, you know, forces, I was forcing myself to only be a, this kind of person or this be in this situation because it was the situation I was in. Well, what ultimately happened to me was I was, I needed to figure out a way to change myself. And, you know, you're not, that's not going to happen unless you want to, but the easiest way to explain it because they're the relationships that require the most work are romantic relationships. And mine constantly failed for the same reasons. Ultimately, that's the path was the same. It was a slow demise drawn out over two, two and a half years. Me isolating, not being present in the relationship. And it's not what I wanted. Like, so that made me feel bad about myself. Um, I was like, all right, yeah, you can't do this. You're not the kind of person. Who are you? That was another thing. I have a real inability to of letting people down that I care about. And when you're doing that in a relationship, when you're not there and you're not able to give the person just the most basic of attention, like meaning tending to the relationship and being available emotionally for the person, uh, it, it, you know, it takes a toll. And so what happens ultimately is you think to yourself, well, I'm not good for anyone else. Right. It's like, I look, I can't do this. So I'm not good for anyone else. So I may as well just not have other people around that require that kind of commitment from me. So it leads to isolation. And, you know, if I had kids, it's a different story because you can't do that kind of thing. Right. But if I had kids, what kind of parent would I have been at that point? Right. Because it seems like if you can't, you if you can't um, give yourself what you actually need or even like ignore the fact that you have needs, how can you can't give well, it to other people? That's what was happening. Yeah. Like, I don't have needs. So I'm in a relationship and I'm not. Uh, things would come up. So, well, fine. Everything's fine. And I meant it. So it's not even fair to the other person. The other person's not doing anything wrong. Right. Yeah. They just want to be in a loving relationship. I'm like, I'm fine. There's nothing. So it's uh, resentment starts to build because you do have needs and you feel like you can't be yourself in the relationship. Right. And then so the other person. But you never even gave the other person the chance to accept you for who you really are. No. Yeah. That's scary. God forbid I put myself out there and you say, I don't like you. Mm-hmm. Can't deal with it. I mean, I don't, again, I don't think that was a conscious thought. No. But then the other person asks for things. Like, how dare you put your needs? I don't bother you with such yeah. things. <laughs> and that's the way it plays out. Uh-huh. And you get to the point where it's like, I got to change some of this. And the real change comes from the fact that I 
and believing, for some reason striving to be a person who doesn't need things. I'm so modest, I don't need anything. How did you change how did you change the idea that you really do need things? And that you deserve for those needs to be fulfilled. You have to become comfortable with who you are. Like, all right, this is who I am. And I'm just going to put it out there. Maybe I get rejected by some people. Right. And was that like exposure therapy where it's like you kept exposing who you really were and then people were accepting of that? First, you just have to come to terms with it. Yeah. Because you have this idea of the person you want to be and you got to get rid of that. Yeah. You can keep some of those things. It's like, yes, I'm a person, again, like I said, who likes to live modestly, but it doesn't mean that I have to go to such an extreme. I right, to live. like prove it almost. It is. It was a it was a way to prove things to the world. Yeah, no one's looking. You know, when we talk about <laughs> the audience of no one. <laughs> you know, when we when we talk about the like, sex, I don't give a shit about having sex. Yeah. It was and that's not true, but there was behaviors I saw in men and the way they treated women and the way they talked about sex. It's like, I don't want I'm not like you. And I'm gonna show everyone I am nothing like you. By going to the opposite end of the spectrum, just mm-hmm. the complete extreme, and say, "Look, world, that's that's part of changing. Like, stop sh- doing things to show the world, right, who they should think you are, right. That's dumb. That's not gonna. That's pointless, because then you're not. You're still not being yourself. Even though I thought I was being true to myself, I was like, I am being myself. This, I'm not the kind of person who likes talking about women." Like they're objects and getting high fives because I discarded them after I had sex with them. (laughs) So uh, I will. I'm not that person, but I'm also the person who doesn't like to have sex. Right. (laughs) You don't have to like uh, one up your own self. Yeah, but that's that's what it became. Yeah. And like not only will I not talk about women this way. Also, I'm going to pretend like I don't even care about sex at all. Not at all. Yeah. And sometimes I'll prove it to a person that I'm in a relationship with. It's like, hey, why? At yeah. that point, you're in the relationship. You're committed. <laughs> you don't need they to- want it from you. Yes. <laughs> but you're like, no. Nope. That's not happening. Right. Because I was all. And then you were dating anxious people. So then they, they thought something was wrong with them. Well, that was one of the things I wouldn't. Yeah. Dating anxious people, which I really like anxious people because mm-hmm. I can understand them. And they I, like feeling understood. I get it. But, you know, expressing things that you need when you're I'm the kind of person who does need some space sometimes. And you put that out there and it could send the other person into a spiral of Mm -hmm. anxiety. Like, why? What does this really mean? Even if it means nothing. And because I was aware of that, I just wouldn't ever ask for such things. So do you feel like therapy got you to change? I think I got me to change. That's true. Sorry. Well, I I don't No, it's not insulting. I was just about (laughs) to say I don't take offense to that. But you don't. Start to change until you decide you want to change. I had another failed relationship. I was like, all right, this is. And you felt like that relationship had well, potential. Yeah. For the longest time, it was chalked up to, well, I'm not ready for that. I'm young. And that, maybe that was true. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I want to move to New York. Then I moved to New York and I started relationships there. And the same problems come in. And you get to the point where like, I would like to have a lasting relationship with a person. So then that mindset changes and you can't dismiss the same failures that are exactly the same as before as you not being ready for such a thing. It's like, all right, well, there's something else at play here. And the common denominator is me. <laughs> right. So it's time to change. It's time to look into that. And then even that getting into therapy, it wasn't until two years because I was able to logically explain away so many things. Like you 
it's just very hard to admit that your behaviors uh, aren't working for you. Mm -hmm. Because I think that a lot of people think that it means that there's something wrong with them. Getting back to that. Yeah. They're defective in some way. Yeah. It's just something you're doing. We all just act a fool many (laughs) ways in our own ways. What do you mean? Just completely, just everyone has something they're offsetting or trying to prove to something else and it leads to dumb behavior. Yeah. That's what what I'm trying to say. I know. I wonder what I was offsetting. Well, I think knowing you, you had this idea of who you were supposed to be. Mm -hmm. Yeah, there were things that I wanted from, you know, from and for my life. And I have some of those things. But I felt like since I got those things that I don't deserve others or that not deserve, deserve is the wrong word, that I don't, the thing, like I said before, things that I needed, I dismissed them as once and therefore not important. And I think that that had a lot to do with. But why did you dismiss things? I feel like it went against this idea of who you thought you were supposed to be. Like, well, if I want this thing or need this thing, even if you do have a want, who cares? Yeah. A want's valid. Is it? Yeah. You, people can want things. Yeah. It doesn't mean that you, know, you need to, you can't exist without it. Right. But you're allowed to want things and implement things if they fit. But I dismissing these things, usually all oh, that doesn't really fit with who I'm. Mm, it just doesn't fit with uh, <sighs> what I felt was available around me i wasn't able to get the things that i needed or wanted um and i mean did we talk on the show about about me trying to like pretend not pretend but like always be cool and that was on this show right (laughs) i I get confused about what's in real life and what's on the show even has come up on the show before just bring it up okay so you know i did a lot of um Nothing that was too like detrimental or crazy or or like phony, but I I am or was someone who would make sure that, you know, there wasn't a lull in conversation because it made me uncomfortable. And so I had to like put on a little show, you know, and nothing, not like people who are annoying that are like needing a bunch of attention, but just like. Let's keep this conversation going. I'm going to be the person who dances for you or like I'm going to be I'm going to be this or that. And I've decided I've noticed that I don't really want to do that all the time. And doing that really just offset my feelings about being uncomfortable in a group or seeing other people be uncomfortable in a group and therefore I would have to like Make everything cool, like everything's all, you know, and I've stopped doing that when I don't want to, you know, and it's awkward. And But that's okay. You know, like that, that change is difficult because I was doing it to make myself more comfortable, but not doing that thing, making that change has made me more authentic as a person. And actually listening to what I want to do rather than what I think I need to do for the group or something. And that has been really important. And these like weird little changes everywhere, tons of interactions has really 
been something that I've been doing. <laughs> well, there's this idea that I think you had that you were just the cool girl. Mm-hmm. I'm the cool one. Everything's going to always be fine with me. Cool isn't not like I'm so cool, but just like chill. Yes, chill. Nothing bothers me. I'm not affected. Everything is possible. And maybe you know. we shouldn't, even, I shouldn't even attach girl to it. You just want to be a person who's chill. Yeah. I attach that because there is this idea that women are a certain way. And sure, then there's yeah, always yeah. a woman who's like, well, I'm not, I'm the one who's not like that. But oh, yeah, yeah. Nothing offends me. But that's the, that's the same thing as me. I don't like sex. Yeah. <laughs> it's the same thing. Some things, you're somewhere on that. You maybe don't want to be that person because that's not the kind of person you are. Right. The one who isn't easily offended and you want to prove. But if you got offended by something at some point, yeah, that's okay. Yeah. It just doesn't happen that I often. I mean, there was a threshold. Like if someone were racist or something in front of me, I would tell them I was offended and that's not cool. But if they were making some joke about me, I would like always be cool about it. But that's also operating in extremes again. Mm-hmm. Like not what you just said, that yet you would actually tell someone if you were offended. But the idea, I'm always going to be this way. Right. Just so people don't think I'm this other thing. And so that, again, I'm offsetting something that may be uncomfortable for them and me. If I come and tell you, like, I'm feeling a certain way, then we have to have a whole conversation about it. And I don't mind communicating. But when it's something that is bigger and maybe changing a lot of things or, you know, just makes more of a commotion or a problem, then that's when I dismiss it and be like, that's not that important because I'm the kind of person who doesn't put that on other people. And I'm the kind of person that doesn't need that and understands that just because I want it doesn't mean I'll get it because I'm going to be cool. But maybe I needed to do that. When other people are involved, you know, they also have say in change. And Mm -hmm. it's a scary thing to say, I need this. I'd like to change this. Mm -hmm. And if the other person, no, I don't want to, then that could really, you know, we're talking about how you just want to live comfortably. Right. um, And not rock the boat too much. That really could, that could capsize the boat. Yeah. And so you don't want to bring things up because of that risk. People are just avoiding risk. Yeah. But that, I mean, that's probably, maybe that's just a um, evolutionary thing. Avoid risk so that you're safe. Yeah, I Yes, again, I think it is a natural instinct to not want to get in those situations. But we're not just that. We're not just animals. We're also thinking animals. What's your thing? We're not not thinking animals that feel. We're feeling animals that think. Yes. Which, for the longest time, I was like, fuck that. (laughs) Right. What sets me apart? I'm not even an animal. I think. Just to think. I'm only going (laughs) to operate in logic. To distance myself from being an animal. That was another right. thing. That was another thing I couldn't stand. I just couldn't stand that I was a some upright beast <laughs> walking around, eating food, breathing, farting, yeah. going to the bathroom, desiring sex. Yeah, no. not me. Thinking. Oh, yeah. See, I was I was more um if I felt something that didn't align with some logic, then I dismissed it as like not important. Or, but then that means, I mean, maybe those some of those things were right to be dismissed, but then other things were like, no, you needed to pay attention to that feeling. That feeling was telling you something. There's Feelings really are, they're... You feel them for a reason. They're stigmatized in a way. It's like, if you do that, then there's, you know, if you're a man especially, mm-hmm. and I think that is changing. And I do think that 
feelings can't dictate everything. Sometimes just things need to be done. And this is, all right, your feeling is valid, but if your feeling is paralyzing you, then okay. I think that it's about what's working and what's not working. And I think a lot of people are scared to notice the things that are not working, including myself. Because once you start paying attention to the things that aren't working in order to fix those things requires change, which doesn't just affect you. That's like a difficult process, but maybe for the better, it affects all the people around you, you know? Well, as I was, so going back to what I was saying earlier, when I isolated because I couldn't, I wasn't valuable for other people and to get in a spot to provide anything to other people in my life, to have other people around, I needed to figure things out and enact some kind of change and realize that things are going to constantly change and you can't really do much about it. There's so much, most of it's out of your control. A lot of changes. I guess it's going to happen and you just got to learn to be okay with that. Do you think it's taken you like two years to get into a place where you feel comfortable with the changes? Well, I've been in therapy for four years. And to say that things didn't start happening before two years into therapy is probably wrong, but I didn't really, things didn't click mm-hmm. until about two years. I'm like, eh. Yeah. Yeah. Now that, okay. I see this and it's not. I think there's a fear that you're going to lose your identity or become a different person. Yeah. And you're like, no, no, I can implement all this stuff and I'm still myself. Yeah, I'm for sure. Maybe a better version of myself. Because you've really sunken into this comfortable place of like the reason why you got to this place is because it was comfortable and it made you feel some sort of way like safe or uh, or you tied it so much to your identity that losing it would mean like, well, I don't know what my identity is. It's like people who tie themselves into work. It's like, well, if I'm not this, then I'm nothing. Where's the key? Find comfort and discomfort because we want to oh, be yeah. comfortable. <laughs> we want to be comfortable. So if you want to be uh, Is that comfort- Buddhism? Like I don't know. Suffering? It's, Life is suffering? It's probably something like that. Yeah. But if you can find comfort in the fact that things are going to be uncomfortable yeah. a lot of the time, then the truth is I felt much more discomfort when I just wasn't comfortable with myself. Right. There was social awkwardness. Before social awkwardness got hijacked and like aliens now own it. Like I feel like I was weird. I was like, oh, I'm weird, but I can maybe have a conversation. And I'm going to do something that's out of the ordinary and sometimes it's going to be on purpose. But <laughs> yeah. whatever the reason, if I'm trying to push you away, or I'm just trying to put on a show. Now people are like, I don't know how to speak. And everyone's, everyone's socially awkward. What, like um, that Facebook movie what with was, that guy? I don't know what this Facebook movie <sighs> I don't is. Know. Anyway. The, the act- Facebook movie, you know, like where it's like he's awkward, but he's really smart. And so I'm talking about the actual one. Yeah. Network or whatever it is. Social, yeah. Whatever. Social I mean. network. Is he weird in that? Yeah. I, I guess. But yeah. you know, there's people now who just don't even know how to speak to one another. Like, it's so weird. And then so. And then it's cute. So no, it's not cute. It doesn't okay. get cute. I could make it cute. That's what would happen. I was socially awkward, <laughs> but I would make it cute. It's not even cute anymore. It's just disgusting and paralyzing for people. And they're aliens and they don't know how to exist. And it became the thing to be. And, you know, I don't think that people should have been ostracized for being socially awkward or anxious previously. But it's become this thing. It's like, now we just all are this. And then, Wait, are you saying that people in general don't know how to communicate with each other? Like, are pretending to be socially I, awkward because it's cool? When I say, when I say <laughs> this, I don't know if it's cool. It just became allowed. 
Oh, okay. I, I'm basing this on like interactions with people younger than me at the office and like not much younger than me. Oh. It's like, hey, hey, this is I this was my thing. <laughs> and you're not doing it right and you're ruining it. It's not creative. You'd like you you're just letting this be instead of saying, All right, I feel this way and now I'm going to go out and operate within this world. And maybe I'll put on a little show for people in the process. That's just I Anyway, it made it easier for me to like I give that part up. Right. Because at some point I thought it was part of my identity. Right. And maybe part of my creativity. I was like, well, yeah. it's just who I am. This is weird. And then every, everyone's like this. And they're not, they're crap. I was like, all right, I'm just going to switch. Well, even that, I mean, it's not that you switch. You probably, it probably made you feel safe to be socially awkward because it lined up with a lot of things that you thought about yourself. But maybe- that just came from the discomfort of I wasn't comfortable in my own skin. So, yeah, it just mm. projected it onto the world. I right. don't know how to But maybe act. once you started to get more comfortable with, in your skin, you can decide, like, in this moment, I feel withdrawn or whatever. And so I might come across as socially awkward. But in other moments, I'm not. And so, like, in, when those moments do come up, you listen to them and decide and just listen and do what you naturally do instead of saying, like, well, I can't do this because I'm socially awkward. I also feel a lot less disdain. Disdain? Yeah. For the world. Oh, less disdain? I feel less. This is less? I feel less. <laughs> uh, wanting to guillotine people and cut their Achilles tendons and stuff on the well, subway? Sometimes, that's, uh, sometimes people, less disdain? Sometimes people deserve it. And when I say that, it's not all consuming like it was. Oh, okay. I know there's not anger in those statements. Now they're just statements that I believe should happen. These things should be true. But not I'm, giving up your seat to a woman on the subway means they should be get the guillotine? Well, it's a rude thing to do. <laughs> Yeah. I don't even sit half the time, even if there are seats, because I know someone's going to come in. Right. I'm like, why do I need that seat? I'm an able-bodied person who's relatively young. Okay. I don't need to sit down. Other people are going to need that. You know, people sit down and don't even, they pretend they don't see that. Yeah. That deserves some kind of punishment. That's <laughs> uh, unacceptable social behavior, not taking other people into account. Mm -hmm. It's just all about you at that point, which, you know, maybe I don't like because most of my life was spent all about me. <laughs> <laughs> Everything was like, I made that person feel bad and that makes me feel bad right. and I don't like feeling bad. It just became about me. So maybe that's where that comes from. But I feel like there was anger that I carried around with me. I'm still cynical, mm -hmm. but I think that's fine. I also think a lot of my cynicism is rooted in valid critique of our society. Mm -hmm. I don't, so I don't back off of that. But it doesn't, it's not as emotional. Now, that's actually... That, I feel, used to be an emotional thing. I'd feel all this mm. anger towards people. Yeah, you have like fake fights with people. Yeah, and that's gone. Now it's just a logical thing. Not like, physical fights, but just like, yeah, things that they're totally unaware of, but you're having this huge emotional reaction to. Yeah, so that's that's kind of flipped. Yeah. Now my logic lives in my cynicism, which hmm. is very secure and its existence and its argument. I think something that I used to do, well, and maybe I still do, but I'm because I think of some of the changes that I'm making and like the ways that I think about myself, um something that something that has changed for me is accepting how other people behave and how other people think and being okay with me or being okay with that. And not feeling like 
I need them to do things a certain way or I need them to think certain ways in order to get along or to to do well. It's like I have the solutions. All well, they need is for me to tell them what to do. And if they follow it, then they'll be fine. That's the other side of this discussion is you wanted to change other people, change their feelings, change their experiences, which you can't do. Yeah, that's I did change. a lot of that. It's change you need to stay away from. Right. One, that's not your job. Well, so yeah, there were some things, you know, growing up where not because of anything bad, but I felt in, I felt like I could change situations and feelings in the house. My parents, this is not like they didn't get along and I was like, mom, God, dad, don't fight. It wasn't like that. It was, you know, my mom is an anxious person and when she would feel anxious, I would try my hardest to fix that instead of just letting her feel it, you know, and I don't know whether that was something that was innate that I did or if that was something that I was encouraged to do. And it's no, I'm not saying it's anyone's fault. It's just the way it was. So growing up and becoming an adult, I did that all over the place. And I do it now on the Von Hessler Doctrine weekdays, nine to noon on WSB. (laughs) I do it with Eric, you know, Jared, our producer, doesn't know and doesn't think about how things are going to affect Eric because he probably shouldn't. You know, it's not his place to control Eric's experience. But I know that if Eric is in a certain mood, which is something that I feel like I can feel in my bones when he's in a mood, I know what not to say, you know, or what not to do to set him off or something. And that's because of my years of training. <laughs> it's like a black belt in, um, uh, I'm, I'm too, what is it called? Um, codependency, <laughs> you know? So And I did that everywhere. I did it in relationships. I did it with, you know, interactions. Like I said, like in a group setting, it's like, this is going to be uncomfortable, uncomfortable for people. The silence is weird. I'm going to do something to like lighten the mood or whatever. And that's cool. But, and that's a way to get along and be cool in society and be someone who want, who they want you around. But also maybe I don't want to do that all the time. Do you think there's part of trying to control another person's experience? If something, if they're not feeling a certain way, you're getting a certain energy off of them. Mm-hmm. And you're like, I wouldn't fix that for you or change it. But it's probably rooted in this, the fact that you don't like the way it makes you feel. Exactly. Yeah, it doesn't. Well, and that's something that would happen is, you know, someone is feeling a certain way. I do everything I can to try and fix it for them and change their mood. And when they refuse to let me help them now i'm pissed and i'm mad at them they're allowed to refuse really the exactly the extent of it is hey you this thing that you did is making me feel this way and i have if it's a need or even a a want it's like i is there can you change this or you you express to them how it's affecting you then Mm -hmm. it's up to them if they want to change it or can change it or if they don't want to And that's really the extent of interactions with other people. And if you're not getting things from certain people after you've asked. You have to accept it. You either accept it and you have to figure out how they fit into your life. If you want them there at all or if it needs to be repurposed. Definitely. I mean, that's how. You can't can't force the other person to do anything. And it's also not fair of you. Like, hey, completely change who you are so I feel all right. That's not a cool thing to do either. So, But it's, again, 
It's a lot that's not in your control. You express something, mm-hmm. and then it's in the other person's hands. And that's the end of it for you. And nobody likes that because it's powerless. And like, all right, well, maybe I can still manipulate this a bit more. Oh, yeah. Sorry, the end. And, I mean, it would make me feel comfortable to help, quote unquote, but really manipulate a situation because it's what I did. Yeah, maybe, you know, it doesn't always need to be negative manipulation. No, no, no. It could be you really want to help someone that you care about. Yeah. But it's not right. It's not right for me to put that on them. You know, I needed to be in a place where someone is allowed to feel something in my presence and I don't have to fix them. You know, and it's not necessarily like if someone's sad in my presence, I'm not like doing a tap dance for them to like, look at me, I'm a clown, honka honka, try and make them feel better. It's not that. It's more like if they're angry, that scares me, you know, or if they're frustrated with me, it's like we have to talk this out until it is finished. And no one is leaving this conversation until I feel better about you being mad, <laughs> you know, instead of just accepting however they're feeling it and letting like a, them feel it. it. Sounds like a lack of trust in the other person, though, in that situation. I don't trust this person to properly process this. And maybe, totally. maybe the situation where they're annoyed with me is going to lead to some irrational decision like them telling me to fuck off. So now I got to really get in there and make sure that doesn't happen and control it and tell the person what to feel and what to think. Mm -hmm. And putting stuff out there, the scary part is you may get a no back. Right. I I need this from you. No, can't do it. Then you're forced to change dynamics of a relationship. Mm -hmm. And who wants to deal with that too? So it's an easy thing to avoid ultimately. Or so I think at that point, you either choose never to bring stuff up again to the other person, which is probably the route I took. <laughs> like, I'm not bringing stuff up because I yeah. don't. Or you try to get in there and force the other person to change right. themselves. And neither of those is good. I don't want to force someone to change. I don't. I mean, I, I don't mind helping someone feel better if they accept it. Well, that's when you just have to become comfortable comfortable with the fact that people are autonomous and they're allowed to do and live their lives the way they want to live their lives. It's crazy because I do feel like that is true. But in my presence, if you are upset with me, if I've done something that bothers you, it really destabilizes my world and makes me scared. I don't know of what, but it makes me nervous. I do not like it. And I have to, I have to help you change it. A guy could also like if you need space, that is un, it's unacceptable. If you need space in an argument because we're arguing, like no, you do not get it. We need to keep talking. Well, it sounds like again you don't trust the person to actually come back after the space and discuss it with you. I do, but I don't. I I think I do. It's more like I don't feel like I can't be uncomfortable knowing that you feel this way. That's yeah. That's, I'm sorry, I can't feel. I don't feel comfortable certainly. having you feel this way. Yeah, that can be a play. I think there's. And maybe that has to do with like my mom, where it's like if she was uncomfortable with me, it was like the rejection of a mom, you know, whereas it could just be like, yo, people are allowed to feel whatever they feel. I didn't have to take that on. But what I do is I do take that on. Not the sadness. I'm not so like concerned about people being sad. I'm allowed. People are allowed. I don't feel like I need to fix people who are sad. But like when they're frustrated or whatever, that's when it like I take that on. And then when I started to think like, oh, I don't have to do that work. No one's making me. I never have ever felt like it was like someone made me responsible for that. It's more just I decided not to do that. But what sucked when I first started doing it was like, I don't have a place. I stopped doing it and I didn't 
know where I existed and who I was in the world because I stopped doing this thing that was very much part of what I did. So then you started putting in work to figure out who you are and where you yeah. fit in. Yeah. And that's the process. And going back to the path, I guess to wrap it up, is man, I, the path is going to change. You're, you change. So you should just be open to the path changing. You're not at mercy of the path. You can right. choose. Just choose. Yeah. It. The path. The path was leading me at some point. Yeah. It's your path. Yeah. And just because you chose the path at some point, it can switch like, well, now this path is just leading me. Even though you chose it, you feel like you were in control. Mm-hmm. Eh. Mm-mm. You change. You have different needs and wants and desires. All right. Well, how can I get these things? And you just have to stay fluid pretty much. Yeah. Throughout life. You put in all this work and then uh, you die. <laughs> it's like, oh, okay. Glad I finally started to figure that stuff out and it just ends. Yeah. The end. Mm, not maybe, exactly. Maybe there's a rating at the end and, uh, you know, you get a scorecard. Mm-hmm. Like, like an applause meter? You did very well. <laughs> and then you get a prize. Mm. And then, yeah, you did poorly. You became a hoarder, which I You have to go back. I understand real hoarding is you know not something to really joke about because there's a problem people are unable to process their feelings but yeah it's like hey you know what you did you just hold yourself up and you died in that fire yeah <laughs> so you got to start over you don't pass mm-hmm. but i don't know what's after that no you did well you win what's after no, that? this is our death episode this is not our death episode We'll get to that, but th- this yeah. can be a preview for it. Okay. It's like, oh, you win. You did a good job. Oh, yeah. What's after that? Well, there's still nothing. Now you're just going to go into nothingness. Oh, bye. <laughs> but maybe there's a moment right after you die. It's like, here it all And who's is. running that moment? I don't know. Bob Barker. Okay. <laughs> He's not dead yet. He's not? No. Whoa. What's he doing? <laughs> He's rotting. How old is he? Let's look it up quickly. If you have any other thoughts, this is the time on him. To wrap up your episode while I look at. Um, I want to thank everyone for being understanding <laughs> that I didn't get into a ton of specifics. Yeah, you'll get there when you want to get there. Yeah. He's 96 years old. Wow. Born in 1923. Wow. Bob Barker's still going. That's amazing. Yeah. Who okay, Whatever. You're allowed to do what you want to do. I know. You get into specifics when you feel like it. Yeah. It's just hard because like I said, I want to talk about deeper things. You know, so next week, death? Mm, maybe not next week, but we can get to death. Okay. I feel like death is the motivation for most of these shows for me. So it's, I like, it's uh, always present. Yeah. I feel like time. I've been really into time lately. I hate time. It's my enemy. We should talk about time. It's my enemy. All right. Then time is my next topic. Death is yours. <laughs> Stay tuned for death and time. I, at some point. I don't know yet for next week. Yeah. We'll see. But we'll get there. Okay. Thank you for listening. Uh, Please rate and review us on iTunes. Like and subscribe. And uh, find us online everywhere at One Topic. And... um, That's good. Bye. Greg. Hey, Autumn. Do you like hot sauce? You know, I do like hot sauce, but I'm getting pretty bored of my regular Texas Peter Tabasco. 
I'm looking for a local sauce without mm. any additives or extracts. A company that uses local pepper so it's as fresh as possible. And a company that really cares about the integrity of the sauce and where their ingredients come from. Definitely. And hey, while we're at it, I don't want a sauce with too many ingredients. Mm -mm. You know, a lot of other sauces out there, they have all kinds of fillers. So I'd love to find a sauce with, I don't know, what, let's say no more than five ingredients. I mean, it's crazy, but there's gotta be a company out there that hand processes their sauce. You know, bottling and labeling every bottle themselves. I'm probably asking a lot. Well, you really are, but there is a hot sauce out there who only uses five ingredients. What? zero fillers, huh? additives, or extracts, and who bottles, labels, and packages everything themselves. It's called Hoff Sauce. What? They're a small batch hot sauce company out of Chattanooga, Tennessee, that's won best Louisiana-style sauce in the country. How many times? Not once, not twice, three times. Three times! How does that sound, Greg? I think that sounds amazing. You know how you can get your own bottle of no, hot sauce? No, no. Tell me, please, now. Hoffandpepper.com. And not only am I giving you the gift of the best hot sauce that you'll ever taste, I'm going to give you 15% off if you use the code one topic 15 Hold on. That's... Yes. Get a pen and paper. One topic 15 Good. That's O-N-E-T-O-P-I-C-1-5. All squished together. At checkout, you'll get 15% off your order and your life will be better. Thank you. You're welcome. Mm -hmm.